Hello and welcome to Menopause, Marriage and Motherhood, a podcast that's all about changing the way we view midlife and bringing the conversation about menopause out into the open. Each week we share stories, experiences, tips and inspirations. We talk to experts on how to best navigate this time of life and how to have as much fun as we can. I'm your host, Karen O'Connor. Let's get right into it. Hello and welcome. I'm here today with Terry Vincent, who is a business coach. Now, I've known Terry, I really don't want to say this, I've known Terry for nearly 20 years now, because um, we met when you were actually working for the business coach that we were working with, and you came and coached us for a little while as well. And so tell me a little bit about where you were then, because I know what you were doing then, but what you're doing now, because it's, it's kind of the same, but different. Thanks, Karen, for inviting me here. It's a, we've always had fun, and that's the good thing about you and I having a conversation. We can make it really fun, and hopefully everyone else thinks the same as well. So, yeah, that's been 20 years plus. I think, wow, that's amazing. Back then, yeah, I was working with a company called Action Coach, and your actual coach at that time was the reason I became a coach is because I was so inspired by a female actually going into a male-dominant dominated industry and really making a stand and ab absolute respect for her and she was our coach as well in my my ex-husband's and my business so long story short which has led me to today i realized that through that journey i needed to actually um, niche down a lot more because everyone is a business coach you know, everywhere you turn, it's like, what do you do? I'm a coach. And it's usually because they're in business and they can teach people all this stuff that they've learned. And I know that that diluted what I do from a value perspective. And the biggest thing that I've learned for me, having having been, I am not having been, because I still am a mother, uh, and owning multiple businesses and having had several marriage breakdowns and in my fourth marriage, <laughs> fourth marriage now, <laughs> um, was that there's a lot of what I do is is about impact. And, and so now I cast myself as an impact-driven business coach, which means impact in personal, impact in business, impact in their community, impact in philanthropic. It's whatever it means to the person, but it is basically working with business owners. So uh, that is a bit of a synopsis of without going into detail of sort of what's happened in the last 20 years, how it's evolved. So two questions here. Tell me what what do different individuals get from impact driven? Is that about their business, about them? And the other thing is what made you change? Why did you, why did, because I know you said everybody's a business coach, but there must have been something that made you go, you know what, this is not enough. This is not what I want to do. Yeah. What was that? Yeah, so um, the answer to the first question in regards to what um, people get to me from me, my market is my my avatar, as we call it in in my um, coaching language. So my market uh, or customer is someone who definitely owns a business. So they can be, or they could be wanting to start a business. So mostly I've worked with established business owners at different levels. Uh, and that's probably been a bit of the challenge over the year is that it's been, who are they? Anyone who owns a business is, you know, who I support. So the impact side is more about 
Uh, I'm very well connected now from the philanthropic perspective. So contributing back through all the world's problems, how I can make a difference. And my biggest purpose is um, quality education, which we look at education as being, you know, how we educate our children. But my side of it is how we educate business owners to get results. So the connection of the uh, impact to business owners was more about how do I create uh, a program or how do I create a pathway for business owners to give back globally so that we as entrepreneurs can make a difference. And it's not about governments and country leaders and all those things. So it led from that into, hang on, impact doesn't mean the same thing to everyone. It's not all about philanthropic views of how we contribute to the world, whether it be through financial or, or, or you know, volunteering our time. It was more about how we actually see each level of impact in our lives. You know, what are we doing personally to make an impact? What are we doing in business to make an impact? And this could be impact to our clients or impact to our life partners. It doesn't all mean money. So that side of it was because my passion is more so how do I be part of the solution for the world's problems to bringing it back to the easiest way that I can do that is what is my skill of being a business coach and working with clients to be able to create that ripple based on what impact means to them. So I take them on a journey of whether it's personal business, they need to impact a community or it is a philanthropic side. I take them on a journey through that. So depending on where the ad is to the result, the why was exactly that, because I could see so many people out there, so many coaches out there that were trying to be everything to everyone. And if I didn't align it fully with what my bigger purpose, my legacy is, which is to leave this world a better place from a business perspective and have so many that do not get the opportunity to run a business, to have that opportunity, if I can leave that legacy, then it is about impact. So I, I needed to find a niche that served my purpose and I knew that I would attract clients that resonated and aligned with that purpose. So that was sort of like the flow on effect of the answering the two. How does it, how does what you do now differ on a, I want to say day by day, but that's not quite the right term. How do, in, in terms of what it is you do with those people, is it much different or is it just that the people involved are different? Back in back to the days when Karen, you and I were working together, when it was part of a, a system and that was how I learned to be a coach. I was trained to follow a system and to take clients through a system and clients need that. They need a structure and a system, but total respect to how I learned and how I was trained as a coach. Um, but for me, that doesn't work anymore. And I don't think it works for clients in the, the way that you can follow a structure but it, it sort of put it categorizing all clients the same, whereas each client has different challenges and they don't all need the same things. So for me, it's more about going, uh, having a connection with a client and finding out where they see their biggest gaps are, where they see their biggest problems are. And then me looking at and seeing if I agree with that and then coming up with a strategy depending on where I can see you think that but where I see the problem is, is over here. So coming up with a personalized strategy for the client that ultimately is going to get them the result that they desire, which is their vision for the future or their legacy. So it's it's really aligning with that. And you can't do that the same with everyone. 
it's so changed to the old process of, okay, here's the coaching company, here's the structure, let's go and sell franchises to everyone and get all these coaches to run the same, as to here's a, a model that you can model from, but you have to treat the clients individually. You have to treat them like what you might run another client through could be totally different for the next client. And 80% of what we do as business coaches, as much as many of us don't like to admit it, is mindset. It's like getting them out of their own way and that's the bit that stops them. It's not the strategy as a rule, sometimes it is, but it's more the fact that thinking has stopped them for whatever blocks they've got in place. So, yeah. And, and just going back a couple of paces, when you're working with impact, driven businesses and this is what was going through my mind does it boil down to it's the difference between I and we you know impact driven businesses are all about more about making the impact in the community as opposed to how can I make more money how can I be a big business how can I be successful is it a lot to do with that difference because that creates a whole different experience as you create in a business as well those two different perspectives yeah it's absolutely and and that is what's key to this is what is the impact they they choose to make what is the impact that can support their journey uh, and for example I, I'll speak to a client and I'll ask them the question what's your key driver at the moment and if for a client right now their bigger impact is to be able to uh, solve problems in a certain industry. They could be part of a certain industry and their bigger impact is that. But right now, cash flow is their driver. So money sometimes is a step for them to be able to work on what is their, the, how they want to impact the most. So for some like business owners, the impact could be more around, they want to be able to impact their clients so their clients are successful in whatever their industry is. And that ripples back to their success and they can create a story of how all together, it's like you said, the I to the we, all together there's been a greater impact because it's created that ripple. Now that could be connected to philanthropic views and impact around that way. So um, like, for example, I work with clients and then say for every time I jump on a Zoom call or jump on a podcast or whatever it is, that I educate a business owner, I give the opportunity for a business owner in India to get or, you know, a potential business owner to get an education on business. So it can be connected through that, which is me linking an impact from my perspective to them needing cash flow. And ultimately, they get to choose what impacts they want to make from a philanthropic perspective. Or is it just impacting their clients? Or is it impacting their the relationship they've got with their partner, their life partner. So it, it is definitely about a connection of the we as opposed to the I. It's not just about me gaining something for me. It's me creating a ripple and them creating a, a ripple for others. So you work with all levels of businesses, do you? Is there a kind of business that you work with most or a, or a level of business or a yeah. type of person or is it just like it's it really is a mindset of what they want to achieve? 
Is I mean, I've got two categories mainly, and it's the in a marketing term, how I communicate who they are is different than how I see it from my own perspective. So startups is everyone knows what a startup is. That's someone obviously that wants to start a business. I work with them at one level and they're entrepreneurial. They see some people go, I'm an entrepreneur, but they don't even really know what that means, but they want to go on the entrepreneurial journey and they haven't got anything. They haven't, they might have some property or something. So they go, oh, I'm entrepreneurial. So I've got property, want to start a business and they look at it from that perspective so they're the startup so they're the ones I work with to make sure they they have everything in place and take them on my entrepreneurial journey they either continue all the way with me or they stop at a certain point and they might go off with others depending on where that leads them and I'm very well connected to other experts so sometimes I recommend they go off on a journey in something that I could work with them on but I'm not as passionate about it or not as good at it so I'll, I'll um, recommend they go off. The others are those that have an enterprise, they have an existing business, but they've already, they're entrepreneurial. They know they are, but then they're just not getting the results. So it's like business owners, they're earning at least $5,000 a month. So in particular, if you said that was a coach, that's a lot of um, profit because it's usually trading time for money from a business that has uh, a product they supply, $5,000 could mean they're running at a massive loss. But that's enough for me to go, they're making money and that they would have had at least a year in their business doing what they're doing. And they, they're, they've got, they've put a ceiling, a glass ceiling that they've put on themselves. And it's like, okay, my goal is to help them see that that ceiling is too low and that we can go beyond that. So to break that glass ceiling and then just take incremental steps to take them to the next level without going, oh my God, the world's your oyster. Anything you want is yours. It's little steps to see, okay, got that, achieved that. So it is established businesses and startups, but it's not like I can work with great big organizations, but I, I prefer to help the, like the smaller and small to medium enterprises where they might have a team, but it's only a small team, up to 10 people that's working with them, as opposed to going into a, a multi-million dollar organization. That's not as much fun for me. I like the challenges of the little business. And getting to know people personally, like knowing you, I think that would be a big thing, having that interpersonal relationship because then you feel like you've got more of an impact too you can see the impact happening you know you're getting the feedback yeah you know the biggest thing I've learned in business I think more than anything and it's taken me as a coach this is probably it's my one of my mentors says this over and over and over and the competitive advantage that we have if we're a great coach is not that we say we're a great coach because we've got all these clients that say we're wonderful it's congruency It's that we are actually running a business ourselves what we're training teaching others to have and that's the biggest thing it's like i'm a fraud if i go out there and i'm coaching people to be a successful six seven figure business and i don't even have that myself you know so it's very much about walking the talk and that's the differentiator i think and it does if i went out and i said i was an impact driven business coach which is to so many impact is purpose it's why you wake up every day what gets you out of bed it's your ultimate legacy your purpose and that's what it is so that's just the title i put to what i do so whether i'm a business coach who's just across the board competing with everyone else who says they're a business coach 
or, or whatever it is. It's the differentiator is that I can say without any doubt, I have exactly what I'm going to teach you to get. And hey, if you're going to pass me, I better make sure that I'm keeping up. Because if, if I haven't got a, a seven figure business myself and we take you to it, I better make sure that I do it as well. Because otherwise I don't have the right to be able to teach you because I don't know what it's like to have it. And that's the differentiator out there with so many in business is if you're going to work with clients, never make sure, never allow your clients to pass you in such a way that your value diminishes. You can, if that makes sense, because that's a big gap, I think, in the market. I think it is. And it goes back to something that I find I had personal experience and it doesn't work is when somebody can't relate to you, whether you are in a business or whether that's on a personal level, they can't give you advice. They can't guide you because they can't understand your circumstances. When we first met each other, that was one of the big things that you had to have your own experience of running a business and building a business and doing all those things. And I remember thinking at the time, yes, because I know people who've become business coaches who've never worked in a business. They've never had mm -hmm. a startup business. They've never had their house on the line when stuff's going wrong. They've never had to hire and fire people off their own back. You can't understand what somebody's going through. You can kind of get it, but you really understand it when you've had to do it yourself. So I think that's one of the things that I've always admired about your system and the way you were taught because... It is all about being able to go, well, you know, when that happened, this is what you can do. That's really important because otherwise, like you say, it's a bit of a fraudulent thing. You're just re yeah. regurgitating something that you've listened to or learned. And that's, that's the biggest thing out there. It's like learn to earn. So you can learn things with a view that you can monetize what you're learning, but it's harder to earn from what you learn if you haven't got experience backing it. So it's like learn, do earn, <laughs> has to be the way to do it. And, uh, and that is, it's like learn, earn, learn, earn. And there's so many professional students out there that are just learning. You hear it all the time in, in the, you know, like someone will go to university, they'll get a degree, then they'll get another degree and they're, they're getting a couple of degrees and they'll do their masters and then they do their PhD. And then you say, yeah, oh, well, I'm getting paid to do my PhD. That's kind of cool. Um, but what have you actually achieved out of all the, you know, professional learning that you've done? And a lot of them are saying, well, no, but I'm a doctor. Yeah, a doctor of psychology or whatever it is. And that's where a lot of coaches come unstuck as well. They go and they need to learn all these different things about business, but they never get to actually put it into practice because they think, okay, now I know the systems. I know this is what you do, what you run through if a client has cash flow challenges because I've done this course on it, you know, and it's taught me how to actually read reports and stuff like that and look for their cash gaps in their business. But you've, you've actually probably, for many of them, have got massive cash gaps because there's no cash coming in. And that's the thing is how can you possibly relate to a person in a growth mode you can relate to no cash because you've experienced that but how can you relate to the changing of that to say yeah i have had a six seven figure business that's actually gone bankrupt you know i've had to lay off 20 people that cried to me because their family 
they didn't know how they were going to look after their family because there wasn't an abundance of jobs out there. You know, different things like that. How can you actually help anyone if you've never, not saying we want everyone to experience that, but that's an example of things that we don't get to experience ourselves if we're just learning and not actually, you know, creating that experience. So what I always say, learn, put it into practice for yourself to see if it's going to work for you, then go out and teach it. Or if you're going to do, like I've just launched a program, it's called Rise to the Challenge. My participants, I've got uh, 12 people in that group. My participants are frustrated because they're saying, you never tell us what the next session is about. I said, no, because I told you when you joined this that we're creating this together. So I make sure every step of the way is responding to the needs of the group and not a pre-planned program. So the program, once this is created, the result will be there for future because I've, I've tested it with a group and I'm part of that group. I'm just the facilitator of it. So I've got the knowledge, but I'm also going through it myself. So I'm putting all this in place myself. That's how you can do it if you haven't got experience is get other people to come on a ride where you get your own experience through it. So, yeah, it's um, it's a changing world out there. That's for sure. Let's just talk about what you're saying there is that it was something we were talking about earlier about structure. Businesses or society these days is starting to move beyond this structure. Here's your system. This is what you need to do to get from A to B. And let's go along with that. And it's interesting that people like structure. And what I was thinking when you were talking about it initially was John and I can't do structure, as you are well aware. Show us the structure <laughs> and then we'll go, oh, yeah, that looks good. We're going this way. So for us, yeah. we'll look at everything else and then make it up ourselves, which is what you're saying. And it's interesting that people want structure and they don't want structure and they need structure, but they also need to create. How do you manage that? How do you create something and how do we move? easily into that how do you go from needing that structure to being free to create how do you take people that way Terry? Uh, that's a great question and believe me a lot of my clients that I work with have that creative flair that they go oh yeah got it got it got it and then as soon as you turn away they're going off and you know like blowing up balloons and having parties and stuff whatever whatever it is over there or or building something new and then you go okay focus just focus and it's a problem that i have personally myself as well now we do need structure that's a given and how i support people is to say we need someone to control your structure because you're not going to do it so a lot of the time it's like for me it's i've got a virtual assistant and she's just amazing and she looks after all that side of it and it allows me the flexibility to be creative and to be, in my perspective, from a, um, a wealth dynamics, for those that know wealth dynamics profiling system, I'm a star profile. And that's very much about that creative side. It's about wanting to speak to people, but not get caught up in the structure of it behind there. But I know I need that. So I have my virtual assistant look after that. So I always say to someone, if you're in a position and you're more of a, a startup, yes, you have to learn this side of it, but we've got to put enough flexibility into what you're doing that there's still a structure, but there's enough time for you to be creative. But knowing that the rule says you've got to come back and sit within that structure. Now, if you're in a position that you've got the ability to bring on some support, whether it be a virtual assistant or an employee, uh, you know, a direct employee of yours, it's that's when you definitely need to have that person controlling that structure. 
So here's the system, here's the process, here's the structure you need in place, and here's your parts of it. Now you go off and do that and you be creative and you do what you need to do, but know that we've got to check in because I'm looking after this bit. And if you want the business to be successful, we need both. So it's it's hard when there's only a solopreneur because, or a couple, you know, that are going, but we don't like that. You know, we know we need it, but we don't like it. So it's harder from that perspective, um, but there's a solution 100% by saying, okay, well, what can we do? What can we put in place? because this is your gap. This is why you're not moving forward because you wanna be too creative all the time and you're not actually following through. It's like the starters to the finishers. There's either people that are starters and they never finish or there's people that are finishing who never start anything new. So they're always finishing. They take something and they finish, they finish, they finish and it's perfection. It's not like, um, would you like to do something? No, I haven't quite got it right. So there's two sides of that as well, which is where, you know, it's working with people's strengths and not trying to get them to hone their weaknesses. It's definitely working to strengths. So it depends on the circumstance, but you can't throttle or strangle a creative person and try to strangle them into structure because they will never achieve it. You've got to allow that flexibility. You were holding residential courses in Bali until COVID. Was that where you were solely working? Was that in Bali or were you doing online stuff, stuff in Australia? And how is it different now? How did you have to restructure? You got the opportunity to be really creative last year and do something different. What happened? I mean, I was was a contract facilitator for a big organisation, a global organisation. And I've been part of that organisation for 10 years. Uh, It was actually, that's where I spoke about wealth dynamics. That's Roger James Hamilton. That's how he started out. Uh, and it's evolved and it's now nearly a billion dollar company. So I've sort of been through that evolution of that. The Bali work uh, is a program called iLab and it's a business incubator or a business accelerator, which was initially run over four weeks. So I went there and I'd facilitate a group for four weeks up to about 15 people maximum for four weeks. And then it evolved into two weeks and then they do little short accelerator, got a different name for it now, but it is a one week program or or five day program. So that to me was my contract work. So I was contracting to that and I continued to do that because that built my credibility in a massive market. So he's got a a three, four, five million um, size community and growing like these three and a half thousand people go in and do their wealth dynamics profile every day, like that sort of thing. So that's just the caliber of the numbers that are coming in just in one area. So I was part of an organization in as a contractor that had to pivot. And that word's used a lot now at the moment. It's like they had to pivot from offline into online. And so therefore I went, no, I can't go to Bali anymore. How's this going to happen? And I was already mentoring for him at a higher level, his high level program. So that was already sitting over there. And then a lot of the offline programs, he just took online. So I watched and modeled off what he was doing. And instead of doing too much myself, I wanted the experience of running his programs. And then it evolved into doing my own stuff. So that's how, you know, and that's the biggest advice I can give anyone. If you want to learn, find someone that you resonate with that's already doing it and growing in their process to do it and go and contract to them, work with them, spend that time with them and learn from them and then model of what they're doing to create your own. So I still, I still contract to them to this day. 
So I have two days a week where I'm available to mentor their clients at a, a exceptionally high level, which has stretched me beyond belief. So, but I miss Bali, totally miss Bali and I can't wait till that comes back. What do you enjoy the most out of doing all this? I know your passion is about making a difference in the world, yeah. but what is it you personally get from it? What do you like the most? I love being in front of people. Like, I mean, I'd prefer any day of the week to stand up in front of a thousand people, whether it's virtually or in person, preferably, but um, virtually or whatever, stand up in front of thousands of people and be able to share my story that could impact people in a positive way, in some way, shape or form. So it's about that connection and the creating that ripple. So I love doing that. I love connecting with people and really making that difference. Business is my passion. And, you know, after 25 years of business with my ex, I've now got a business with my husband, my current husband, my only future husband. <laughs> um, you know, we've, it's always been business for me. And my parents failed in business. Uh, they went into business later in life and they failed in it. And my dad taught me how not to run a business <laughs> because his um, results spoke for itself and his stubbornness spoke for itself. But he still got me to see that passion in how we can make a difference through business. So I love that side of it. But ultimately, if I pulled myself aside as to what I I really love, it's that growing myself. I, I always look at ways that I can become better. And I've got this little mantra and it's, I wake up every day to play a bigger game so that I can empower others to do the same. And I can connect that to business or I can connect it to the true meaning of what it means is for my daughters. I wake up every day saying, how can I be better today so I can show them that they can be the best obviously can be in life based on their choices, you know, support them. And I'm not, you know, we're, none of us are perfect parents. None of us have the perfect children. Some probably like to think that they do, but none of us are. And we've got to think back to our own journey. So mine is about being the best me I can be. That's what drives me every day is how do I be better? And if I'm going through a crappy day today, pardon the language, <laughs> but if I'm going through that day today, that's okay. Just live with that moment and then know that you can make a decision to be better. And that's my that's my legacy is to be the best me I can be and knowing that I've done everything I can to be the best me and help others be the best at whatever they choose in life. On a personal level, what's been your biggest learning in business, in life, whatever? What's been your biggest learning? My biggest learning was, is, is still, is being a mother. <laughs> You know, it's that's the thing. If I say that, Karen, we were talking Such a about this challenge, before. Isn't it? I know, and it's like, how do you how do you know if you're a good business person? Is um, not saying that you have to be a parent to be a good business person, but that's the thing that you know. I look at myself as a mother, and I I, I look at my children, and they have definitely gone and are going through challenges. You know, it breaks my heart to think that as a mother I can't control the outcome of everything that's happening in their lives, and it's same in business and that's how I connect that to business is got I can't control the outcome of my clients decisions I can try and influence the decisions but ultimately 
it's up to the person to make that decision. So as a mother, it's been one of the toughest things for me personally is because to watch my my daughters, and now I've got three stepchildren as well, to watch them go through amazing things, which is super cool because you get to celebrate that, but then go through tough times, whether it's like addictions or, or whether it's breaking up with their partner or whether it's not getting that job or whether it's not getting into university or whatever it is as a parent, that's probably been my toughest thing that I've, and I, it's helped me to grow and go, I've had to step away and this has helped me as a coach. I've had to step away from blaming myself if as a parent, my children went through troubled times. If as a business coach, my client didn't get the results. Instead of me going, it's all me and beating myself up, I had to actually say, have I done the best I could do as a parent, as a business coach, whatever it is that it is about. And if I can strongly say, yes, I did, and it still didn't get the results that I'd hoped for, but it's just that that was their choice. It's not the choice that I had for them. And it wasn't my lack of influence, my lack of support. It was more about their choices they made as, as a result of who they are and where they're at. So as you know, Karen, being a mother's tough, being a parent's tough, uh, I think it sets us up for a, um, a tough journey, but also makes us stronger. It's either makes or breaks us. I think that's the key, the key message. Don't Although, become a parent for that reason, by the way. Yeah, yeah. I know exactly. one of my daughters. Exactly. So. One of the things I've really struggled with in midlife is exactly what you're talking about because as a mum, everything that goes wrong in my kids' lives, I, you know, when I get a bit tired and I'm just about to fall asleep at night, I go, oh, my God, what a failure I am. I didn't do that. I did. They saw this. They saw me lose the plot there. I yelled at them there. I did this. And all of these regrets come up. And the number of women yeah. I've spoken to that say, as they're going through midlife, children or not, they get the same kind of thing hitting them. And I think midlife is a real turning point where we have to start making the choice. And whether it's our children happen to be of an age where it's time to go, okay, right, not my responsibility. You know, I can care, I can support, I can do what I can, but they're actually making their own decisions now. But how have mm. you stopped because you were nodding then. I saw you going, yep, I get that. How did you stop yeah. yourself from going down that path? Or how do you stop yourself from going down that path? What is it you do? I don't know if you ever fully stop. I think that's, it's the thing, even though, like I said, it's trying to separate that of where we feel or where I feel I have done as much as I can and disconnecting from the outcome. But disconnecting but connecting if that makes sense it's like um my eldest daughter is 39 this year wow can you believe that <laughs> she's 39 this year yeah she keep yeah she keeps saying she's 39 and and i say you're not yet you're 38 don't make me older um but she, yeah she's 39 and it's like every time my children do something whether it's a a thing worth celebrating or it's something that I go, oh, why did you make that decision? I wish I could have helped you to be different. You, you feel it in your heart as a parent. And I think that's the biggest thing for me. Where I look at it is I every time that something happens that I wished I could have been able to influence differently in a positive sense instead of it becoming a negative outcome, I, I have to tell myself the, the disconnect for me is the lessons that she or they are going to learn as a result of their choices is that for me it's it's like you know when they're young and you have an influence because 
they have to to some degree do as they're told maybe not in this society in this day and age but they sort of do like we were brought up to you know you will you, we guide you and you do as you're told until you're on your own two feet I don't think there's ever that disconnect with your children and as much and that's that heart and soul that still goes with them so it never fully happens but I think we just learn to deal with it and this midlife thing is like as we particularly women go through more of this hormonal change and I can only say women because I'm not a man I don't know what they're experiencing in midlife they buy a Harley Davidson or a Porsche you know we we usually find something else to take us through midlife <laughs> for whatever it is but I think that bond knowing you know like I'm I'm 58 and knowing that bond for me with my daughters became stronger as I went through that. I went through that part of my life where I had a bit of a, the girls are off doing their own thing over here and you know, they're older now. I'm fine as long as they keep in touch, I'm happy. And we've had estrangement, you know, from the um, eldest daughter for two years, didn't contact me. Um, and it's got, it's okay, it's just a journey. Whereas now I feel the connection is greater and I need to have that closeness. My mother passed away like last year and that to me said to me, life's short. It's connecting with the people that make the, the biggest difference to you and, and if they don't want to connect with you, then it's not you, it's them. It's their journey that holds that back. But it's, yeah, interesting in midlife and I go off on a tangent too, by the way, Karen. Um, in midlife, we that's something that happens <laughs> where we tend to go off on little tangents. Yeah, I think you go from a real connection, there's a bit of that gap time when you allow the freedom for them to do what they do and you just know they know you're there to suddenly you want that connection again. And that's that's how I've dealt with it. It's how it's worked for me, not saying it's the same for everyone. Did you get any of the midlife regrets? What were they? I did. I did. I mean, my story is, and my daughter's okay me saying this because I think she's announced it to the world. My eldest daughter, uh, I put her up for adoption when she um, was a baby, which I didn't go through with. And the reason being was I was a single mother. I was a teenager. And um, so there was the regret that I told her that, but I had to. I, I don't regret telling her. I regret the way that it was, it came out to her. So it was that sort of regret that came out more midlife. Why? Because she's now using it as a reason that it's challenged her life. And it's that story of why didn't you want me? So, well, actually I did want you. That's why I never gave you up. You know, it's that sort of story. So that caused a regret in me. Um, having a child who's an addict, who I regretted sending her away to her father, who I thought was no longer a drug dealer, who still was. It's those sort of silly decisions that you go, it's not something that was in control, you know, that how the decisions I made wasn't something that I was aware of was the situation, but it's a regret that I didn't make a different decision. I can't change the past. I can only change how I respond to what's going on now. So there's a lot of regrets on parenting without any doubt, but I don't let it stop me or hold me back. I let it strengthen me because I can't change what's happened back there. It doesn't stop that regret. It doesn't stop those feelings. It doesn't stop those emotions. Same with business. Why didn't I do that 10 years ago? You know what? You didn't. It's like, why didn't I start my diet last week? <laughs> because I would have already been one or two kilos less. <laughs> it's those sort of things. You can, we can always say that, but ultimately we are where we are. Whatever's happened, happened. It, it has to strengthen us. 
we have to make sure that the decisions that we've made, no matter what they are, whether they're good, bad or indifferent, is that they've made us who we are today and live with that and just move forward. That's, that's the best advice I give myself every single day when I go into that self-sabotage. I wish I had have done this different. I wish my daughter had experienced this, wish my other children had had this, wish my husband, blah, blah, blah. You just go, you know what, you're here right now. What can you do right now? to live through that life and live through the life lessons and make me a better person. Thank you so much, Terry. I, I really appreciate you opening up about your personal life as well, because that's not easy. It's easy to talk about business, but actually being yeah. vulnerable and being really open and, and honest and raw is just fantastic. So thank you so much for that. Thanks, Karen. Lovely.